Hello, and welcome to another episode of Improperly Packaged, a show where we unbox topics related to movies, TV, games, whatever. I am Jordan. With me is Luke. How are you, Luke? Hello, sir. Welcome to the show. No need to be so formal, Luke. You can dress me up. What up, dog? Yeah. Now we're talking. (laughs) (laughs) We survived the uh, storm that wasn't too bad yeah. in the end for joke us. joke of a storm yeah it's hard to know what you know? i paid for <laughs> i wanted a real storm we signed up for a, a disaster and i do and i don't you know i mean i don't want anybody to get hurt anybody's yeah, property no. to get damaged but it is kind of interesting when there's trees falling and it's crap to clean up <laughs> <laughs> i bought a chainsaw for a recent jordan there's like a level of almost disappointment when you prepare, like really yep. prepare for something. And then it's like the disappointment, like like a little bit of relief. You're like, well, I'm glad I didn't have to deal with something terrible happening. Yeah, the electricity but... out and the AC's out. We're sweating and we have no water. Yeah, all that. I've lived that life. It's awful. <laughs> but you know, at the same time, you're like, wow, I've I've exhausted so much thoughts so many thoughts and we bought all those water bottles and you know, mm-hmm. we did we have an entire case in there untouched not sure what's gonna so happen to those stick them in bottles. the refrigerator and slowly <laughs> drink them yeah <laughs> honestly i mean we could easily have several more hurricanes so oh yeah we're, we're just far from started. out of the woods but i think it's like november <laughs> it's like the end of the season it's like it's crazy how far how big the season how wide it i mean it's like almost six months it's so long yep Started last month, I think, right? June. That's the sixth month. And it goes till the eleventh month. It's we could hefty. easily have a podcast down the line where we look back at this one and be like, Wow, we were idiots when there's a category five rolling its Ugh. way towards us or something. Ugh. That's not fun. No, when it's like a really big one, it's like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Irma was was scary. That um, was scary. It didn't end up being too bad. I mean, it caused some issues around here, but yeah, it was. I mean, that was intense. And and then there was that other one that was supposed to come to us, and then it stalled out in the Bahamas. That that's one of the ones I remember like the most frequently. That was just yeah horrible. I'm sure other people saw that on the news. Like it was stalled out for almost three days down there. Just, I mean, that's. The culmination of all fears right there when it comes to Absolutely. hurricanes have a cat five at like 170 miles an hour parked over your island i mean the flooding the storms are just oh it's terrible yeah it, feel it, for uh, those people so awful. much freaking terrible hope that doesn't happen but um <laughs> to anyone <laughs> anyone yeah. well anyways did uh did, you didn't know food stories this this week Luke? i know i was actually <laughs> Uh, it was goofy but i was just thinking i was going to start it by saying so what you've been eating slash cooking jordan eating slash cooking i haven't cooked that much uh, this week yeah i think i apparently we've run dry on that topic yeah this may be exhausted for for a little bit yeah i've yet to uh, my popeyes is yet to open i this is something it's really pathetic i still drive by just like what you've been watching slash wishing yeah, it open. <laughs> I look at him training through the window. Be like, yeah, train good. Long. Should train like, good. <laughs> should walk in there with my arms like 
behind my back, you know, like, hmm. Very mm. good. Very good. Keep it up. Keep it up. I don't know if anyone <laughs> in Gainesville is as enthusiastic about that Popeyes as I am. They I should have not. me. Uh, can I join the uh, ribbon cutting ceremony? The can I be the one cutting. with the golden scissors? <laughs> <laughs> Shaking What's hands it like those honorary degrees? You have, you'd be like yeah. an honorary employee. Exactly. I, you can come I in and in the back and fry <laughs> yourself up some chicken, whatever you want. <laughs> or I give a commencement speech to the construction. manager gives you a key. <laughs> Just drop by, grab some biscuits whenever you want, Jordan. No problem. Oh, that'll be amazing. You get a free chicken sandwich every day, Jordan. So just because Just you keep an lost. eye on the place for us. <laughs> <laughs> here's the keys to it. You know, if you see anything fishy going on, here's a number. Oh man. I'd love it. But anyways, <laughs> what you've been watching slash playing slash listening to, Luke. So I was listening to just one of those like daily lists that like Spotify puts together for you. And they put together just a really good one. I just, I hit it. And then I was like, listen, I'm like, oh man, I remember that song. It's like, oh yeah, that's a newer song. Most of them are kind of older songs that you and I know, like growing up, like I'll just run through like a few of them, like John Ralston, brand new Mm -hmm. story so far. I can make a mess armor for sleep used to be i can make a mess like nobody's business but they shortened it like wait we're Um, being ridiculous let's uh yeah bayside lydia the format the main acceptance so just a lot of good like bands and and they pick just great songs from the bands like not like their big hit but like maybe the like fifth or sixth song that you would know them for Mm. like brand new was okay i believe you but my tommy gun don't you know that's like it's not their most famous one, but like I know you and I love that song. It's up there, yeah. As far as like so, the most beloved, yeah, definitely. Um, so I was gonna mention the John Ralston song just because that was one that like popped out at me that people may not know it, and just to remind you, like to go back and listen to Needlebed in general, just that whole album. But Gosh, no one I, said it was easy. It's just such a good song from that album. So. Yeah, I need to do it. Has he? Is he still making music? Yeah, I mean, it looks like, actually, yeah, he is. It, he is. He came out with an a album. A lot of in these guys really are. It's amazing. That's one of the crazy things to actually go into Spotify and like search a band that like you're like, what happened to them? I'm like, holy crap, they've been they've been like an album He's every got year. An album this year. That yeah. Oh my gosh. 2021. Right. Moon wow. feathers. That's crazy. But uh, yeah, start with the old stuff and then maybe move into the new stuff. Yeah. <laughs> no one said it was easy though it's just it's a great song yeah definitely cool um i haven't listened to anything too new but there's a few like singles that's like kind of the weird thing about now it, it's uh singles is just you, you're like expecting like this new album but it's always like a single from mm-hmm. whatever beloved band you have but there's a couple good ones came out uh churches came out with a really good single called good girls really fun song it's kind of like a lot of their music is like you hear them and you're like yeah classic churches like that's mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of the deal with churches it's there's a comfort in that you know like you feel like some artists like reinvent themselves almost too much where they become the th- you know like they you guys were the thing i'd go for for this kind of music but you've shifted into something else and so now I'm, i don't know but yeah. um that and also uh sophie and stevens came out with a new ep two songs he joined up with uh let's see what's the guy's name i don't really know his name but either way he joined up with some other artists came out with the two really solid songs that are 
very, very Sophie and Stevens. Um, it's he's kind of hard to pin down too because he'll like do a thing where he'll. It's like his main stuff is his acoustic, folky kind of stuff, right? But then he'll like, he has these like kind of synth techno. I don't even want to say techno, like almost like he has like album after album after album of like he just like laid his head down on a pad or something mm-hmm. <laughs> just for a few hours and that's the album i'm not really too <laughs> into that kind of stuff but the classic sophie and steven stuff oh yeah, yeah. it's called yeah, reach so out stuff came Lucas. out what a weird cover awesome. album but anyways what have you been watching slash playing luke oh you just reminded me i didn't bring this up um nope. so watched a movie and i watched this like I don't know. I guess it just is silly would be the best way to say it, but it's uh it's these guys that do like they do these builds and I don't know if it's mostly like vehicle builds, but they in this case they built the scooter from Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. And they they rode the actual like trip that the guys took um from what was it Nebraska to Aspen. Aspen, Colorado, or <laughs> yeah. in the movie they say California. <laughs> this baby gets thirty miles a gallon, or I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Um, hold on, I'm trying to bring it up so I can uh, call out the guys for their great work. Um, CTXP, um, Revzilla is the name of the channel. Hmm. Uh, I think it's, you know, this is the only video I've actually watched from these guys. But yeah, they just. <laughs> They did a great job, and uh, I think it's just these two guys that do it. They they had a uh, you know a van like following behind them, <clears throat> support van, you know, with all their tools and stuff, which ended yeah. up coming in handy because <laughs> some stuff wrong. broke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, a small thing like that. They they did a great job of building it like exactly the same as the movie. They even dress the same as the movie. <laughs> they even bring the like briefcase just like the movie. Did in the beginning of the them, video, like in the movie, re- <laughs> they reenact the entire scene where he like drives up and he's like, "What's up, man?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right when I think you miles can't do anything gallon. any dumber, <laughs> you completely <laughs> redeem yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh, it's just great. And it, I, I love these things where they like take things from movies and put them in real life. And this is like yeah. the epitome of that, where it's this goofy thing that, you know, obviously it doesn't really matter to anybody, but it's just a fun thing to say, like, what if we actually did this? What would actually yeah. happen? Cause they said in the movie, it was like a three minute montage in the movie of them, like, you know, go- hitting different places and freezing their buns off and their snots frozen, and, <laughs> you know, all the stuff in that movie. Um, but <laughs> yeah, they're called common tread. Um, okay. But the Revzilla, I don't, I don't even know what the common tread XP it's kind of confusing. That's like in their title. And, it's like their show within the show or something. Uh, yeah, like I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they do more of these, but uh, Revzilla's the guys. And it's just a really fun video. It's it's 30 minutes. And I'd, I'd say it's worth the watch just because I love that movie. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's uh, just a lot see, of fun. I see it right here. I'm going to have to save it for later. Very cool. What else have you been doing, man? Um, let me bring up the movie. I... I got distracted. Um, actually, now they say that the reason I'm distracted is because the all 
Star Games on right now, and I have it picture in picture on my screen, so I'm watching <laughs> right now. But one of the really cool things about it, I know most people who probably listen to this don't care about sports. That's fine. I do, so I'm going to talk about it. You never it. know, man. Um, one of the cool things that they're doing this year is they have earpieces in a bunch of the pl- field players' ears, and so the announcer is just having a conversation with these guys while they're playing. What? And, and at the last at bat, the guy's literally up to bat telling the announcer what he thinks the pitch is that's about to come in which is just it's so cool because i think as a baseball fan as somebody who grew up playing baseball like i you know my dad really instilled that love of baseball in me and and one of the things that i think he really taught me was like the fun thing about baseball is that interaction between pitcher and hitter and it's Mm. this mind game of what pitch am I going to throw next? Am I going to go high, low, inside, outside? You know, and it's this constant thing of like, I brush you back with an inside pitch. I come back on the outside corner. You know, maybe you're a little hesitant to step in because you're afraid I'm going to come back in on you again. But then you might think that I'm thinking that way. It's like this yeah. whole like reverse and re-reverse psychology thing with the batter and pitcher. And, you know, you're reading the pitcher's like movements when he's on the mound. Like, is he going to? throw me something crazy is it going to be curveball change up whatever you know and uh to be like able to like ask the hitter in the box like what do you think's coming and then to see if he gets it right you know see what happens it's just hmm. that is so cool that's it's just a cool thing that technology has brought us in 2021 that uh it's just so awesome he's talking to freddie freeman the first baseman just now which he's on my favorite team the braves and so it's just the all-star game is just so much fun. And, and last night I got to watch the home run derby and that was just awesome. The guy broke the record for the most home runs hit in one round with 35 home runs. Just yes. nuts. Dude hit a 520 foot home run, which is just insane. <laughs> Insanely far. It's just a lot of fun. They're playing up in uh, Colorado at Coors Field. And so the ball is going to travel a lot further because, you know, the air is a lot thinner up there. So yeah, oh, wow. just a lot of fun. It's, it's so cool to have, you know, not even live sports back. Cause that's been true for a while, but to have a completely packed stadium, just mm-hmm. so awesome and have the fans there cheering and just baseball, man, just Americana at its best. <laughs> um, yeah. So do you think um, like the earpiece, do you think like that? It's, Cause it's interesting. There's a lot of things that technology has, has done for uh, like, you know, viewing, and like entertain mm-hmm. being like entertained by games um like but none none of it really is super interactive with the player itself like yeah a player isn't ever going to get like clotheslined by like the crane camera or trip over the invisible yeah. line of scrimmage that's digitally exactly. <laughs> but um, but with this like do you think there's like a uh potential someone like is like holy crap like they get distracted by it or something like that yeah i i, I think this is something that will only happen for special games that mm. aren't super serious i i don't think that any player would ever agree to do this when it actually matters the all-star game it matters a little bit they changed the rules a while back to where whatever team you know the the national T- league plays the american league major league baseball split up into two leagues the national yeah. league the american league and uh so wh- whatever team wins they get home field advantage so they're the team that gets the first was it two or three games at their stadium and so if it goes the full seven, they'll get one extra game out of okay. the seven games. So you have to have one team, you know, when you're playing seven games, you have to have one team that 
gets to play an extra one. And it's, it's always kind of viewed as an advantage when you are the team that gets the first, I can't remember. It's, I think it's two games, then two games, then three. I can't remember. It's something like that. They divide it up, you know, so it's like split, but whoever it is, like I said, gets an extra game. And that team who gets an extra game also gets the first games. Mm. So there's an advantage to that. You know, you get home field advantage, of course, but, uh, you don't have to travel. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that are nice about that. So the teams take have taken it more seriously since that was changed. But okay, uh, yeah. So it matters a little bit. But now I don't think anybody's going to be in the NBA Finals, for instance, <laughs> on a mic. They're not going to get LeBron or <laughs> Kevin Durant or something talking. Yeah, about, yeah. I, I think he's going to go. He's going to drive right now. I'm going to block him. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I think it would be cool at least if in these all-star games you know for all the different sports if they did that you know maybe have the goalkeeper at least in soccer like yeah with an earpiece in you know because he's not quite as winded the whole game as all the field players but <laughs> yeah yeah it, it's it's a really cool idea that I haven't the only thing I've seen like NFL guys they'll have They'll have a mic maybe, and then like later in the game, they'll play back something that happened, like an interaction with a teammate, or they've put headsets on in the dugout with the coach, and he'll talk about what's mm. going on. So that's that's cool, but uh, nothing like this, like a guy at yeah. bat. That's like that's so cool. That is nuts. Um, so yeah, the movie I watched is a Rainy Day in New York. Oh, I don't think I've heard of this one. What's that about Luke? Um, Timothy Chalamet, um, oh. Ella Fanning, star in this movie. Um, come on, my computer's maxed out right now. <laughs> like all the There's, young rising stars. <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh, it's what's his name? Woody Allen. Yeah, it's a Woody Allen movie. So oh, written and okay. directed by Woody Allen. Um, you know, it's got classic Woody Allen style, and mm-hmm. the script is so Woody Allen it that's so i'm kind of split on woody allen i was thinking about this after watching this movie there's things i really like about his style and then there's things that really annoy me um and the things i like is that he he kind of harkens back to like a a time gone you know with his movies of Mm -hmm. you know love interests and they're in this romantic setting and there's just not a lot of movies that are like that. You know, he likes to do Paris and Rome and Barcelona and New York. And he likes to have scenes in the rain. I mean, obviously this, this movie, but, but you know, he'll have them on a scooter on the countryside and it feels very old Hollywood to me. And, you know, he's just, he's a director from a different time than a lot of the uh, rom-coms that we see that come out now. But the thing that really annoyed me is the way he writes his script. I feel like it forces these actors to, it really feels like they're delivering their line in a just very blocky, woody way, like Mm. without a lot of like softness to it. And it just, it feels forced. And I think it's the script because every, every actor was doing it in the whole movie. And yeah, it's just, it bothered me the whole movie. It's like, loosen up you know like yeah it could be you know a what i mean but woody too. allen it's like i do yeah he scripts it it's like it's like they're dictating lines to each other it just feels that way yeah it's almost like uh in your face kind of uh writing there where it doesn't yeah. feel like it yeah i think like 
Yeah, <laughs> I know. I definitely know what you mean. It, it, it is very in your face kind of style when it comes to his, uh, his scripts and acting directing. I mean, he is directing yeah. these actors to act this way. And so, mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, yeah, I, th- this is definitely worth a watch. Um, it has Selena Gomez. I think this, I think this wow. may be her first, at least more full featured role at yeah, I'll I dare want to you. say she was in something, but how dare you neglect the Hotel Transylvania series? Oh, I didn't, <laughs> okay, I'm just I didn't even know, but <laughs> live action at least. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so this is 2019, so it's a couple years old now. But yeah, I think I think it was on Amazon or something. It just kept popping okay. up. Like every time I'd go in there, I'm like, watch this. Fine, I'll watch, watch this. It. <laughs> watch this. It looks good enough. I mean. You know, yeah. it's pretty good chaos. Liv Schreiber's in it, Jude Law. Um, so, yeah, if you're into romantic New York movie, pretty good one. Cool. I might Not give bad. it a shot. I mean, it's been a while since I've seen a Woody Allen movie, honestly. I mean, like, what? Midnight in yeah, Paris. Yeah, I, I think that the Barcelona one was the last one I saw. That, like, weird title. <laughs> Whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Dang. There's a lot of them that fly under my radar, honestly. Um, cool. Anything else? No. Yeah. I haven't been watching or playing too much either. Um I don't know, it's just one of those weeks where I just I don't know, if you feel busy sometimes, but either way, um I am playing the uh trial. Like you know how a lot of these uh mm-hmm. a lot of these games will be released as a trial where it's not like a demo, but it's like here's the beginning, play this, and if you buy the game, your progress will transfer over until that mm. to that full purchase. And so I am playing uh Monster Hunter Stories 2 mm. on the Nintendo Switch. Um is that the I, new one? Yeah, it, it just came out a little bit ago. But I'm playing the trial just to see if I like it. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm I don't know. I, I've talked is to you about Monster similar Hunter. to Monster Hunter World. Um, no, in, in gameplay, no, different no. gameplay. Yeah, I mean, Monster Hunter is kind of like it's like an action advent action RPG with like a real kind of I don't know with a real specific loot that I'm honestly I'm not really into. Like I tried getting into Monster Hunter, it's it's just not for me. And so to hear that this is something a little completely different, I was like, all right, let's. You let's tried try this World, out. do you mean? Yeah, I tried World. Yeah. I haven't tried like didn't Rise like or anything. Yeah, I just didn't like it. I've tried it like twice. Like I picked it up and I was like, let's see how this is. I'm not having fun. I'm not having fun. Was it too but slow? It, what was it you didn't like? I don't know. I, I, I guess it's just the game progression. Like there isn't. Mm-hmm. It's like something about it like welcome to this island we need like we need you to find three of these this kind of monster or whatever and then you just like teleport out into this world something about it just felt it didn't really hook me i don't know like it could be something where it's like oh you have to play with people or oh you have to get 10 hours into the game i don't know but either way i'm just like okay i'm not gonna get into it uh Mm -hmm. too much but um with stories i was like okay this is more like a uh rpg like a story-based rpg where Mm -hmm. it's like turn-based and all that stuff not saying that like turn-based is a thing that like i'm like oh my gosh turn-based no i'm i'm interested in the fact that it's like a full-fledged story and it's not like kind of this thing where it's like it's i'm just gonna put you in a situation where you're fighting monsters for reasons that maybe you care about i don't know i'm interested in the fact that there's a story and there's gameplay progression in a way that 
makes sense to me. And so uh, I'm playing a little bit of this. It's it, so far, it's exactly what I expected. You know, it is like, oh, this is a story. This is like a JRPG and turn-based combat. And there's a lot more characters. And yeah, it's uh, so far, I think it's pretty charming. Uh, I don't know if I, I, I haven't finished it yet. The trial, I mean, a lot of these trials mm-hmm. are generous as far as like how far they let you get into these, you know, like, yeah, I think like the Dragon Quest one, it like lets you get like, about 10 hours into the game and like final yeah. fantasy online it's like get to level 60 and i'm like goodness gracious he's yeah very generous as far as like how long they give you but I, that makes sense because you can actually really grasp whether or not it's the game for you but i'm playing that and so far it's it's nice i mean i like the way it looks it's not like mind-blowing as far as graphics are concerned i mean kind of like obviously but um it looks nice, nice art style. They go for a more shell cell shaded uh, anime esque kind of art style as far as like looks similar uh, to um oh gosh. The Disney game. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts? It's Kingdom Hearts, oh, yeah. Very similar to Oh Kingdom yeah. Hearts. It's like a more cell shaded like Kingdom Hearts yeah. looking thing. It reminds me of a, a Nino Kuni a little bit in the way the mm-hmm. characters look. But um yeah, it so far so good. Um watched a few movies a lot of these i've seen before it's just you know that that movie uh thing behind behind me what me and my wife my wife and i do we go to the thing and we just kind of pick out movies and thing yeah the uh, monstrosity the shelf of, <laughs> of movies we'll go and we'll do this thing where we'll like pull out a movie and then like and then we'll take turns like the uh process of elimination basically until we're at okay we're watching it's kind of fun i actually enjoy doing this with her mm-hmm. but uh we've watched a few movies like that um over the last uh, week or so and one of them was uh monty python in the meaning of life <laughs> nice it's uh one i haven't seen in a while um, yeah it's uh <laughs> it's really funny i mean it, it's just ridiculous it, it, <laughs> absolutely ridiculous and that's there's kind of a joy in that like you know you're not meant to take it seriously like at freaking all yeah and you're just kind of <laughs> watching sketch like sure. yeah there's something about sketch comedy where it's almost like it's like film adjacent to like stand up almost where it's like the sole purpose is to like just make you laugh yeah, and there's not like you don't have to worry too much about story because it's, the story lasts five minutes. You know, it, it's it, it's kind of like yeah. that. And then if, oh, if that last joke didn't work for you, here's the next one or whatever. And it it's, it's unique it's, though that it, it's an entire movie like that entire where, movie of it where it's completely yeah. like don't worry about the story, don't worry about it. It's stupid. <laughs> this is really ridiculous. And like they make fun of it throughout the movie. They're like, are, are we? Are they ever going to talk about the meaning of life? Well, maybe they'll get to it at some point. And they never do. It, <laughs> no. It's just, it's just a, a premise to tell a bunch yep. of jokes, basically. <laughs> and it, it's fun. I love watching yep. those guys do their. It's thing. so unique, like what yeah. they do. So different. Oh, absolutely. It, it it's something that is is. Uh, was here and it is gone and it's in its like place and time and yeah i enjoy going back to him um all their money python stuff it's 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 something um <laughs> we watched uh i don't know if you've seen this one luke it's a movie called nine hmm. i feel like there was a time where a lot of movies came Maybe. out called nine there was a movie it was an animated movie with like a bunch of like almost 
like sack boy looking characters that was like Elijah Wood voicing. And then there was a movie called the nines that had uh, like Ryan Reynolds in it. It was mm-hmm. like a more of an indie thing. And then there's this movie called nine. It's a um, musical. Uh, I think it's adaptation of a Broadway Looking musical. It. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, uh, Quite the cast. Yeah, quite the cast. Same director as he directed the film version of Chicago, but you got Daniel Day-Lewis in the lead, which is, he's always entertaining. Um, yeah. The movie itself, it, you know what? I have almost like a love-hate So many big female actors. Oh, yeah, man. Penelope Cruz. Um, Judy uh, Dench. Yeah, Judy Dench. You know what? I, I'm going to say this. I know Maria this is... Contia. This might come off as a little bit rude, but why do we keep asking Judy Dench to sing? I, I really okay like Judy Dench, incredible <laughs> as far as like her acting capabilities. She's amazing. Every time she shows up in a movie, I'm like, oh good, you know. But when she's when I'm watching a musical, it's more like, oh boy, you know, because I yeah. know she's gonna have a number that I am not going to enjoy. Like it's <laughs> whether it's this or Cats or whatever. I'm just like, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> why is she yeah. here? I agree. She just does not. She why? Anyways, I have a kind of a love hate relationship with this movie. I like it like enough, and I, I love watching um, Daniel Day Lewis. Kind of. How did you get a movie. hold of this movie? Uh, I've had the Blu-ray for a while. Actually, it's probably one of my older ones. Why? Uh, why did you have the Blu-ray for this? You know the the real question. So yeah, random. The question is, how did I watch this movie? Like to begin with and i you know i think it this literally i think it may have been like a blockbuster rental i think it i think it was i think it was one of those situations where i was at blockbuster Uh-oh. with someone like saying what are we going to watch and someone said how about this i think that's how it came about because <laughs> i definitely didn't see it in, in theaters but uh i don't know i mean this is apparently based on a federico fellini's semi-autobiographical 1963 movie eight and a half wow i didn't even know that yeah i i know very <laughs> little about whatever was the progenitor of of this but um i like it enough like it, it's it's weird i keep i watch it like i've seen this movie several times it's one you know ever move have movies like that i don't know that you you don't love it but there's something about yeah. it that like after a long period of time like you get drawn back to it like mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of it might be like it, even if a movie doesn't completely work, sometimes you're like, yeah, I haven't really seen a movie like it though. And you know, I don't know that that does yeah. have a thing where there is an originality to it, and to the story and just to how it presents each song. Where it does the same thing as Chicago. I don't know if this is a like a style that that filmmaker has, the per- same person who directed it. Where mm-hmm. you know how like most musicals work, where it's like they're in the world and then all of a sudden everyone breaks out in song and dance and they're just going it's almost like there's the story there's the world that the story takes place in and then there'll be it'll like cut to like almost like some weird set or something and then the musical number happens it's almost like it's taking place in a different dimension or a different plane and it's kind of intercut with things going on in the movie it's the exact same thing that happens in chicago happens in this where it's like you'll have um 
Daniel Day Lewis doing, he's like a director who's like really screwing up and doing a bunch of stupid decisions. And he's like trying to make a bunch of stuff up. And like he's in a press interview and it's like intercutting between that interview and Daniel Day Lewis singing this musical number about how he's, you know, basically a, <laughs> these illusions of grandeur and all that stuff. But uh, it, it's, it's interesting how uh, you don't really see that too often in musicals. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a weird way, I do recommend it, um, even though it, I kind of don't fully love it. I just kind of like it. It's kind of, you know, it's one of those movies. But yeah, yeah. that's a uh, <laughs> weird, kind of not really praising recommend, but you know, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, that that's about it, Luke. What, what do you think of we get into the main reason? The widow. The widow herself. Um, yeah, let, let's get into this, Luke. Okay, so I guess... Uh, We'll do uh, some non-spoilers first and just kind of give our, our thoughts and then dive into the meat like usual. First off, crazy, right? That Marvel, the whole, Mar- we see everyone's seen the trailers. Marvel is back, you know, and it is kind of a weird thing where it's been yep. a year, you know, that, that's a rare thing for Marvel, you know, I mean, we've had the yep. shows, but still, yep. I mean, thank God for the shows, right? Yeah, thank God for the shows. Really Giving enjoying us some Marvel it. content. <laughs> yeah, um, thinking of uh, I, like I always mention this. I mentioned this a couple times, but like the, the last Marvel movie to come out in theaters was uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home, and that was like our second or third episode of the show. <laughs> Feels like forever, forever ago. And I was looking it up, I, and this has been the longest gap between marvel movies since it's begun but there was a kind of like a, a year gap sort of it wasn't as many months as it has been now mm-hmm. but between iron man and incredible incredible hulk that came both came out in the same year mm-hmm. and then it was like almost a year before uh iron man 2 came out and then after then since then it's the been steam year. engine hadn't started going yet. exactly they were shoveling yeah. the coal into the fire like do point. we have something i think we might have something absolutely that's exactly right and as soon as they realized it it's just been full steam ahead until covid so <laughs> did we make the right decision with the whole avengers thing at the end of iron man yeah right are we gonna have to pay sam jackson have. more money <laughs> yeah is he worth bringing back <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um here we are um we saw this one together at a rpx which uh Yep. What do you think about RPX, Luke? Before we before we get into it, what, I I like it. I mean, I think it's a slightly better experience. Um, yeah. But honestly, the only thing I really notice when I'm in there is just the bass. That's really the only thing that really like sticks out to mm-hmm. at me. Oh, you it's don't like, like the blue wow, lights? Wow, that bass is really loud. But don't they turn them off during the movie? They definitely turn them off during. The so movie. it's like what? <laughs> just to let you know you're in the We're right. Talking theater. about that in it, in. it's like. This is RPX. Here's <laughs> the blue lights and the border of the screen. You can leave, but don't forget RPX. Oh, my God. They should just blink them on and off. I really enjoyed this movie, and now I remember it was an RPX, so I must really enjoy oh, RPX. I must have liked it more. Yeah, must have. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think have, it's better. but It is better. but I mean, the screen's a little bit bigger. Yeah, it, it's it's there's like another screen in our theater that is so close to the size of it's a auditorium. 10. Isn't it the one right next to it? One yeah. right next to it. It's like almost like identical the as premium end of the, yeah. <laughs> the theater. <laughs> I mean, OK, so I don't know if this is working. I have a theory. 
um, that I say, you know, when it came, it used to be 3D movies with me, like towards the end of the 3D life cycle to where I, I would say, OK, I'm paying the shut up tax to where it's like this is the tax I pay for not having as many talking people in the movie. Yeah. But I, that failed this time. So I don't know. Maybe my theory is off. I feel like basically <laughs> the people who really want to see the movie will pay the premium and they'll shut up. But I don't know. That's probably not. The I feel game. like you would you would the, the only way you could really probably get away with it and i don't even know if this is completely true but i would guess the more art house theaters and places like new york yeah. and maybe la would be places where it's like if you just want to go to a popcorn movie you're probably not going to go to that theater yeah. this is more like the connoisseurs of movies but the problem with those theaters is probably they wouldn't play a lot of the movies that we do want to watch like this yeah they would probably play movies that we would enjoy but they wouldn't play all the movies we want to watch like black widow but that is the beauty of seeing some of these like independent movies like i know Mm -hmm. when the west that's not independent per se but when the wes anderson movie comes out if i see that day one there no not a peep i know something like once maybe like a small movie like that where it's like not many people are even going to know what that is exactly but anyways um luke what what, what was your what do you think of uh black widow um i I had a good time. I think it was a, it was a fine Marvel movie. You know, it was, it was the Marvel formula that is played out so well and it was done well, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't say I was blown away at any point. I just, it was a good solid movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I agree with you. I think uh, I, I, I had a really good time with it. Um, I, I liked it quite a bit, but um, I think it's almost like there was a few flaws in the movie, not like flaws to where it's like they did a bunch of stuff wrong, but kind of like you're you're underwhelmed in some aspects. But in the like for me, like things like story and action, I felt like I, I felt a little under underwhelmed, but mm-hmm. at the same time, they made up for it. And kind of, I think, and in my opinion, the writing and the acting, I think, were really, really good. Like there were some really good performance performances in the movie. I think it elevated the movie to a point where I'm like, I really like this. I'm enjoying this all the way through. I'm attached. I care. And so when the action scenes happen, and if I'm, I, I at times weren't like blown away by what I was seeing, I was still 100% on board because of the performances and in the acting and, and, right. and the writing and that sort of thing. But, um, but yeah, I, that being said, you know, I think the thing that is a lot of people are, are not criticizing the movie, but kind of, I don't know, just criticizing the reality of it, that this movie does feel like it, probably should have come out already like as far as like its placement in the mcu timeline yeah definitely um, definitely a, a I lot would of agree with that critique yeah and it, it, in a way it was like a bummer it, like almost like yeah. is a shadow on the movie right after bit. civil war it would have just been so perfect perfect like there there are um movies like when people like people who aren't like us like we'll be like jordan you're a freaking nerd what what order should i watch (laughs) the yeah what order preface it with freaking nerd freaking nerd that i hate um (laughs) what i'll spare an ear for your opinion real quick (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're like what order should i watch these movies in and i'm like you know watch them in order of release 
because that's how it makes yeah. sense. Like it doesn't make sense to watch Captain America before watching Iron Man and Thor. And it doesn't make sense to watch Captain Marvel even after though they happened before. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't make sense to watch Captain Marvel after yep. first Avenger. Not at all. Like it just doesn't make sense. This is a 100% exception. Yeah. You can, aside from the end credit scene, yep. you can slot this in right after civil war. It's funny. It's, it's so true. We've, we've said the same thing about star Wars. It's true. Most of the time and most of the franchises that we enjoy, it's like, no, even though the timeline's different, like the Hobbit is another good example. It's like, yeah. no, I would not recommend you watch that before. Like watch the good stuff, then watch the Hobbit. Yes. Um, but yeah, this is like that one exception where it's like, yeah, feels weird. Like yeah. the way stuff's being talked about and it's like, okay, yeah, now I know what they're talking. Yeah. I can remember back. It's like, it's been a while since I've watched Civil War. So, yeah, it's like, oh, Absolutely. yeah, that's right. We're not talking about Infinity War. Yeah. We're not talking about end game stuff. It doesn't yeah. have like prequelitis, where like prequelitis will like, it's referencing things that you know because it's already happened. This doesn't do that. It, it, it like does the MCU yep. thing where like it references the things that are status quo at that moment in the timeline they're talking about oh the avengers are fighting or whatever the avengers aren't getting along and like the, that's the stuff you expect to hear when seeing an mcu movie You're like yeah i'm interested to see how this plays out yeah you know it's cool you know mm -hmm. like to get those drops but you already know how that plays out so it's so strange it literally feels like they made this movie and they're like oops we forgot to release it i, I don't know i know it, i know that's not the case but it feels that yeah, way it's it really so does. weird yeah, I don't really understand what they were thinking back then. I just I don't know why it took so long to make a Black Widow movie, honestly. It's just Yeah. She's been around for a long time, guys. <laughs> like she's been a character in the Marvel universe for quite a while now. She was one of the first ones you introduced, so why was she not brought in earlier? I I don't understand. I'd be curious to know like probably years down the line, like what happened. Cause I I'm not like in conspiracies or anything like that, but I would venture to say that I think this script was written like, you know, in like around the time where it was supposed to be released, you know, with this some stuff was form going on. of the script, I guess. Yeah, that's what it feels. Yeah, some form of the script. Exactly. That's what it feels like to me. And for some reason, they were like, no, I think we should release this movie and this movie instead. I don't know if we're going to get to a Black Widow movie. And then later on, they're like, you know what? We should probably do it. And they do it. And it's like <laughs> way too late. It's yeah. so Let's just do that exact same script. But she's dead. No, let's just do it. You know, that's it, yeah, it, it feels like the cynical mind in me says that the Me Too movement pushed them to do this. Yeah, that's the cynical mind. But uh, yeah, the fan side of me says she was introduced in Iron Man 2, if I'm correct, right? Yeah, that's right. Like, so, I mean, she was, yeah, I mean, it was definitely 2012 was the Avengers, 2007 was Iron Man, am I right? Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. so what it was, was it 2009 then that Iron Man 2? You're right, yes, 2009. So, <laughs> we're talking about 12 years now, you've been sitting on a character. And not producing a solo film for her. I just yeah yeah the only reason is like you said it it has to be they didn't think they could make enough money off of it but I don't know that seems it seems garbage I mean you you bring Iron Man even into Black Widow if you want to to bring more people into the into the theater if if you think yeah. that that's a problem I mean if you show Robert Downey with with a 
with Black Widow, you know, Iron Man with Black Widow in in a movie like that, I just I think it would work. And yeah, we probably would have gotten a very different movie back then before the Avengers mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, may not have been as good. I, I don't know. It just they've done so many good movies. It's hard to not think that they would have gotten it right. It just it's incredible how consecutively they've gotten this formula correct where even even characters that i would say eh, like ant-man for instance you know i had a lot of doubts when that movie was coming out yeah yeah i i still i think that's a good movie i don't think it's one of the top tier um marvel movies i think ant-man has progressively gotten better and better as they've iterated on it and you know paul rudd i think has had more time with the character and uh, so I think that has turned into a great character. And, um, but I mean, if you can get guardians of galaxy, right, you can get black widow, right. Yes. <laughs> right. right. And, and like I was saying, they, they did Ant-Man. Right. So yeah, it's just silly. Yeah. And I, I think we, it's good that we talked about that up front. Cause I, I do think that it's almost like, yeah, it's this weird thing that like covers the movie in a way and like covers your impression of it where you're just like, wow, I wish we got this sooner. Um, but upon rewatching this uh, saga or whatever, I will watch black widow out, out of release sequence and in chronological yeah. order. Cause that's what I think how I'm actually looking forward to experiencing it that way. Cause I feel like it'll feel better, honestly. <laughs> You're going to need a lot of time to watch all these movies now. Yeah, I know. I don't know when. I, we're it's getting, become so many like Marvel 24, movies. 25, where are we at? I don't know. Crazy. <laughs> Nuts. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and, and get into uh, the movie more probably specifically. I mean, if you're watching this you or listening to this podcast, you've probably seen the movie. So we both like it, obviously. Let's. Uh, yep. Yeah. Um, I, I do kind of want to talk about, you know, I've talked about this chronologically, but I do kind of want to talk about this opening because this was a moment where I was like, what is this movie going to be? Because I, I just, I didn't really know what to expect too much with this movie. But when we go back this far into the past and see them as kids, I wasn't sure about it. You know, when I was uh, mm-hmm. watching it at first, what, what were your thoughts on? What, what were you thinking? What were you worried about? I, there? I don't know. I was hoping that we, the movie, I, like a lot of people were being like, oh, are we going to get this like Black Widow prequel? And I didn't really want that. I mean, this is a prequel, but it's yeah. like I didn't want to see her becoming a Black Widow or anything like that. So at the you beginning, you're going to spend too much time perhaps on that part. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things that like certain prequels do, especially when you have like a different actor playing the character that, you know, yeah. where you're like, Oh, this isn't really quite the character that you love, but she'll get there. You know, when you don't want that. Yeah. And so, but you know, as, the, as when the movie was over, I was like, okay, it needed that, that like it needed that entire sequence because of yeah. you know what it was setting up. But they kind of referenced things when she was growing up, and I, I think yeah, they needed to flesh that out just to kind of get it out of the way, so there were no questions about where she came from and what happened. Yeah, I think that was good. I meant to look this up before the the show. Maybe you can enlighten me, Luke. Um, something that I, I completely missed a plot line. Um, mm-hmm. So they were in. Uh, what did they ob- obtain during their time undercover in Ohio? They got like a like a floppy disk. What was that like? The oh, man. the data to like because it seemed like they ad- obtained something that like was able to make the Black Widow. Um, the Black Widow team kind of be what it is with the whole mind control yeah. thing and the 
being able to. I like, swear she mentioned it. I'm I'm blanking on it right now. Yeah, though. I swear they mentioned it later on. Most of the time we talk about Ohio. Is it maybe the formula for the mind control? It must be. It was like. It must be. It's not talked about very much. I mean, the, the formula certainly is, but like Ohio, anytime they talk about their time in Ohio, it's like more of the family aspect, yeah. and how they were living a lie and what it meant to each character, you know, that sort of thing. You don't talk about, oh, yeah, and I was doing this, you know. Yeah. And they don't even mention like where he was working or, yeah, what happened outside of the house, basically. Just, we got it. <laughs> you got it. Let's get out of here. <laughs> yeah but it was a very interesting dynamic the whole family it's not what i was expecting yeah i was was expecting more of an origin story of like who she really was and and this was that but it was like so she basically had no parents and her sister quote unquote sister isn't a real sister and we don't really know where she came from basically at all just these like short little like quotes people say about it but Mm -hmm. so that yeah i wasn't really expecting it that way but okay yeah i think it worked fine enough it just wasn't what i was expecting yeah i mean speaking of that it's like we get something that we rarely get in a mcu movie or really any movie now these days that's an opening title sequence like i i was like taken aback i was like ooh, like already it didn't really feel like a marvel movie to me which it very much will very soon but like you know having an opening title sequence is not something they do at least not very often where they have a song Mm -hmm. they don't have a lot of licensed music usually unless it's being played from like a walkman or on someone's stereo and so the fact that this cover of smells like teen spirit comes on Mm -hmm. you know i was kind of taken aback it's very interesting and weird to see in an mcu movie i'm trying to i had just recently watched that rainy day in new york and they had the same thing so it was kind of strange to come off that movie and have that and then a marvel movie has the same thing yeah yeah that was that was odd (laughs) just felt it didn't feel like a modern movie for it to have that you know before movie credits it's absolutely right. It's started in the 90s. It's a very 90s thing to do, for sure. Yeah. I'm trying to... I'm, I'm racking my brain to think if there's any other Marvel movie that uh, that has that, and I'm not really sure, but I don't know. Someone remind me. I want to say there has been. You, there's got to be. I want to say Dark another. World, maybe, but... Maybe. I have no I thought there was something yet. with, like, the ether at the beginning, like, in the, like credits with it like moving around but maybe maybe that was after the credits it's hard to remember if it was before or after whatever you were seeing <laughs> yeah because they have very much usually do have very elaborate in credits but <laughs> yeah but anywho um let's uh, say it was the formula they stole <laughs> yeah Keep back to your original question Let, let's let's just say it's that yeah absolutely um you know what something that i i, I liked about this movie i mean when uh Natasha kind of flees uh, the country or whatever from uh, General Ross, um, and once like she kind of hooks up with the the cast, I, I something that I'm like, I feel like it was a, it's a change with Black Widow that I really appreciate. Usually she's the character where you're you know like that scene in Winter Soldier where it's like oh do you really think that you're gonna kill me Captain America? She's like and he's like no but she will and like but mm-hmm. in this one it almost seems like it's reversed. She's more of like the straight laced kind of like hero character among all the yep. people who are more hardened and you know mm-hmm. 
edgy she's the one who's like more likely to give a hero speech or or <laughs> do the right thing in the yeah. moment where it's easier to do the wrong thing and so that was actually kind of refreshing to see she doesn't like change or anything like that but just because her environment has switched yeah it it felt very much in those in those ways that you're describing it as them trying to like change up the formula <laughs> Yeah, like the whole Florence Pugh like complaining about her like doing the poses and stuff. It just felt very much like, yeah. okay, let's try to freshen this up with something new and different. Uh-huh. Yeah, who could blame them? I mean, that's what you do when you've made twenty four movies before this. Absolutely, um, Florence Pugh. I am. A, I continue to be a huge fan of of this actor. I think she always brings something good to every role she's in. I think like this character had the opportunity to be like this really dour and kind of like bummed out brooding character that's like you know always just upset that like um that oh you know like jilted forgotten left behind all that stuff and just kind of whining the whole movie but like i it would probably combination of the writing and her um performance she i think she brings something really fun and likable to this role and i i'm actually really invested in her character uh, so she is awesome in this. I mean, this movie's full of, I think, pretty good performances, but I think she's really freaking good. I, I yeah, continue I to be a huge fan. Of I would definitely agree. Definitely. Yeah, when she when she like make these little comments, she's funny. She's funny in it, and like even when she's not, she's endearing. And when she's serious, when she actually goes serious, like I, I connect with her. I'm like, I feel bad for her, you know, because she was. Yeah. <laughs> the young one in that situation like yep. natasha was already hardened a little bit and she already went through some of the black widow program but she hasn't so she, that whole family thing meant like everything to her at the time so she's like oh, holding yeah. on to it the most and like you really feel that throughout the movie which is exactly how it would be yeah that's yeah. what I, I like about that it's very realistic absolutely and uh i'm, I'm a fan i'm glad she's uh, gonna obviously going to be used um in the future hopefully in good ways. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think she I think she's got a lot of future. I mean, I think, you know, as this original cast has they've done a lot of movies, you know, as yeah. they do. They're they're going to be pushed out by new actors. It's just it's just kind of how things go. So, you know, I think we're going to slowly be introduced to more and more of the new generation of Marvel heroes and yes. I think this was another, you know, block in that wall that's been being built up of new heroes and i think it's a good choice it's always a relief when we're, we're kind of right? talking to things at the end of the movie but yeah yeah it's just yeah it's yeah a good job absolutely um yeah um it's uh we get introduced to taskmaster what was your impression seeing uh taskmaster coming into it do you have like a lot of knowledge about taskmaster no. or? <laughs> not at all okay. yeah. but uh yeah, I thought it was really cool. It's just the whole mimicking thing. I thought that was a really cool dynamic. Yeah. It who does it remind us of? I know there's there's somebody else who does that. But I can't remember what. I can't remember. But just the whole like mimicking everything else and like absorbing people's powers. The alien at I'm the end think of, of it. Uh, annihilation. It's out just after thinking of Luke. The alien at the end of <laughs> Annihilation. No, that's not <laughs> what I was thinking of. <laughs> but you're right <laughs> it's a really creepy kind of way man 
I can't think of it. I'll think of it eventually and I'll mention it then. <laughs> I thought uh, the Taskmaster scenes were probably some of the best fighting in Did the Did that movie. seem pretty accurate to you of your knowledge of Taskmaster? Um, the the abilities, yes. Character, n- no, no, not at all. But mm-hmm. I'm not super hurt by it. You know, it's like I'm, I'm not like, like in a way where like when they say screwed up Venom for me in Spider-Man 3, that like hurt my feelings a little bit i'm like oh my god no there's your opportunity gone mm-hmm. and so um with this i'm just like okay you know what are you gonna do with this char- pretty cool character that i know about i know it's like usually obsessed with just honing his skills and he does that through mimicry and all that stuff and um that that's kind of what i know but it's it's not this but at the same time i'm not like really doesn't really hurt my feelings or anything. I think this is a fine what thing to do to a character, but it's not Taskmaster. But either way, I think it the story that they that they come up with, I think is compelling enough, you know? Yeah. It's very much in service of the story yeah. they're trying to tell. It's so. like, yeah, they weren't like too concerned about being like Oh, they yeah. we know the character of Canon. We're gonna have to <laughs> do things like that. Yeah. yeah. That seems to kind of be how they do with their villains a lot of the time, where it's like with the heroes, they're like, we're gonna pay a lot of attention to our heroes. <laughs> they're gonna be yeah. very comic book accurate. And with their villains, like sometimes they're great and very comic book accurate. Thanos sometimes, seems pretty accurate from yeah, what I've read. He's excellent. No, I, he's better <laughs> sometimes in the comic. Yeah. Um, but I mean like the origin that they tell, it seems mm-hmm. pretty pretty along the lines of the comic. Yeah, and then and then sometimes they're like, eh, it's kind of like that character in name only. Maybe there's some of the abilities, but yeah. yeah. But either way, they came up with something compelling, I think, and for that character to be um, and meant something to the hero, and I think that worked out all right. And, he, and Taskmaster isn't really the main villain of this movie, anyway. So, but I think it nailed the action scenes correctly. You know, I think there was something dangerous. When a uh, taskmaster was on the loose and hunting you down, there was something you know, yeah, threatening about definitely. it. That's good. I I wish that that character could live on. I think that's probably one of my biggest complaints. Is yeah, because of the way. Unless they have something where it's like, well, that was just the first generation, and now we have another yeah way of doing it. I I don't know. It'd, it'd be weird the way they wrote it, but it's funny. They can't, I could see them bringing yeah. it back in some way later. They, they've done that with the Mandarin. They have backtracked sort of on the Mandarin, and now we're going to get Ugh. a different one. <laughs> so That has got to be the worst misstep Marvel has ever made. The that Mandarin. was pretty bad. That was terrible. Yeah, that was That movie really... was just... Yeah. Uh, yeah. We've talked about it before, but that's probably my least favorite Marvel yeah, pretty movie. pretty bottom rung for us. But yeah, that that's what I'm talking about, where it's like, oh, everyone's excited to see the Mandarin, right? Ah! Not the Mandarin, gotcha. And so yeah. this is kind of like that, but not nearly to, not nearly to that degree, where it's like revealed in a poop joke, basically. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Don't remind me. <laughs> Painful but, memories. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but either way, um, leads me into something else where it's like. You know, I feel like, you know, not to go go here or whatever, but I feel like a lot of misstep, a lot of people do with uh, with these uh, 
these movies that are, you know, they they try really hard to be about female empowerment, which a lot of them are, but in this one is. And I think something they do really right that can frustrate me sometimes when they lean too heavily into that. Sometimes what they'll do is they'll forget to make the character human. <laughs> and I'm glad mm-hmm. that this character has made some serious mistakes and like it's about over because you latch on to that because we're human and uh, women are human and they make mistakes right. too and it's good to latch on to that and be like let's see how this character overcomes the things yep. that she's done and everything and so like the whole thing with like Taskmaster and that reveal it's like yeah she did something terrible horrible and so she's mm-hmm. like spending her time trying to redeem herself and to overcome her yeah guilt those are and- the kind of stories we want told it's good this we is good stuff idealizing garbage like it's just not entertaining exactly not yeah. this person's perfect nothing to overcome the only thing they need to under overcome is understanding that they're perfect no i mean okay no <laughs> yeah the, this stuff is great or i hate it when it's only they have to overcome the stupidity of the men around them i i really don't like that yeah. either it's like there can be a perfectly fine balance like nobody needs to be ridiculed or belittled like there can be a balance between you know personality differences and like true like character flaws like that's what makes a story great mm-hmm. like focus yeah. on those things and yeah she is completely badass in this movie and awesome mm-hmm. and guess what she has some human stuff to do too which is very useful to the viewer who also has to overcome things yep. in life and so ability is the name of the game when it comes to a good movie absolutely and i was able to relate to most of these characters like as i said with with uh how they yep. did what they did with natasha's character it's very relatable it's just like to overcome mm-hmm. something you regret in the past and freaking with uh florence they Pugh's did a great character. job with great. all those honestly alexi yeah. melina like all of them the whole family like it's as ridiculous as david harbour's character was he's still in the end was a very relatable character that he's, just yeah had absolutely. some funny lines and you know he he just continues to be like a just a great actor and you mm-hmm. know, we, we love him from stranger things and I'm glad to see that he's gotten more work, you know, since then with some bigger characters. I mean, this is, I, at least for me, this is the biggest role I've seen him in, you know, in a big name movie like this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the bigger ones he's been in. He He's freaking hilarious, man. I was, he's cracking me up in this movie. He's, yeah. he's, he's great. Like the, the scene where he, uh, he's, uh, well, the dart goes in. My bad. Yeah. Hellboy. Hellboy. Okay. Obviously. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I forgot. I forgot um, he played the new Hellboy. As most people have, including me sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I've but seen still, it. It's a big role for him. Big role. Yeah. Big role. This one will probably continue, I would imagine, into the future. I can imagine we're going to see yeah. this character. I hope so. Me too. He's a fun character. I hope Rachel Weiss is able to return as well. Yeah. Hope they find a role for her. She has a really um, interesting kind of personality in this. Kind of an, an unusual, like... Uh, uh humor to her i would say as well or there's like this really wry but she also uh, kicks butt at the same time yeah exactly (laughs) i love the the, when she's like hobbling at the end or whatever and like are you okay i'm clearly injured (laughs) like i know crack it's just a great line (laughs) yeah i'm clearly injured that's british (laughs) that's not russian at all (laughs) I can't do it. I can't do the rest. I'm clearly, <laughs> clearly injured. I know. Nope. Not at all. Yeah. Anyways. 
we tried this uh this movie deals with some really dark subject matter holy crap that freaking girl's head pops that was oh i remember my. seeing you be like oh my <laughs> yeah i was like ooh, when they like showed her the charred yeah. side of her face i was like oh my gosh there's a uh sometimes little- marvel goes into things like i remember thinking it when thanos's head got cut off i was like this is gonna be like watched by kids like i mean it wasn't a saul version of a head coming off but it was like but okay not expecting that i mean i wanted that to happen but i was not expecting that to happen it's you know it's what the rating says really if it's pg-13 you know pg-13 year olds that that that's great but like yeah there was a little you heard her like it was there's a uh a dude and his young daughter young 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 daughter with us who's not enjoying the movie like I, i'll no. say this, she was not like having a great time like she asked her dad during the middle of the movie like can we go home now and i was like damn and it's like and he's Thanks. like she's like talking the whole movie which is all also too young very annoying. too young too young yeah. for this sort of thing i get it you want to take your daughter to see black widow but eh, yeah a little too young maybe yeah. but uh yeah dark 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 stuff like these children are being taken and like mm-hmm. like and like neutered and freaking are you know what the yeah. is for that and like enslaved yeah. the fact that they address that yeah goodness gracious yeah it's but it's all done though in a in a kind of a lighthearted way in a, and like they'll do it and it's horrifying and you get it but at the same time they're not yeah. going to dwell too much on it because they don't want it to be a bummer and i think this is that's the right thing to, to do i mean this is mm-hmm. like i try to be like schindler's list here and <laughs> we're watching a marvel movie yeah <laughs> you can have as long as we get how bad things are and that that's fine and i think uh they dwell on yeah. it the perfect amount of time yeah i i don't know it i'm kind of split on it where i think I think you eliminate some parents, you know, speaking as a parent now, I think you eliminate some parents who are probably unwilling to show a movie that mentions that kind of stuff. So, oh yeah, it's very I don't true. know if they struck the right balance. I mean, for me, it was fine, but yeah, if I had my 10 year old daughter in there watching that, I would be very hesitant to want to recommend, you know, a friend bring their daughter in. Might have some awkward questions on the way home. I just, I think it went too far for a younger audience. Um, I think, you know, a teenager, that'd be fine, but. Yep. 13, maybe. Younger audience. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't have a 13 year old. (laughs) Yeah. I can't speak to that yet, but I don't know. I don't know if I'd be okay at 13, but yeah, I don't know. It's just different when you're thinking at, at it from the perspective of a parent, you know? Absolutely. I think out of all of them like this has probably some of the darker subject matter of all these Marvel movies. There's some dark stuff that happens again. Thanos getting his head chopped off that scene in guardians two, where they're like ejecting all those bodies into space. And you like see them Mm -hmm. float up to the camera Mm -hmm. as they freeze, you know, that's Oh God. But like, as far as subject matter goes, this definitely has some of the darker Loki's head being snapped. Yeah. You know that, that God, but this, yeah, as, as far as like, the implications are pretty dire yeah it's just very different from like the avengers you know like that movie was very much uh 
you can pretty much bring anybody to this. It'd be fine. It's not really a problem. But uh, yeah, things have evolved from there. Absolutely. When they get to the the main villains, like oh my god, you know that you know get to the reveal that that Drakoff's daughter is um is freaking uh the Taskmaster, and he's like enslaved his mutilated daughter as to this like mindless puppet. It's like jeez, yeah. it's like one of the darkest mm-hmm. things I've seen. Yeah, this thing. It's like oh my god. Yeah. Drakoff is definitely one of the sicker villains. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. I like the there is like some really good continuity here. I mean, this stuff has been talked about since Avengers where, you know, Loki during the interrogation scene with uh Natasha and Loki, he calls out like some of the stuff that uh Barton told him about Drake. He mentions Drakoff's daughter as something mm-hmm. that she guilty about or whatever and having read in her ledger and all that stuff and so that's i like i forgot they mentioned that yeah Yeah, some Mm -hmm. some good continuity um i enjoy it yeah yeah man what a miserable life (laughs) these these characters have had and then the whole like brainwashing thing with the like chemical that's just it's crazy yeah very sick. We we start off with uh, Florence Pugh as she kills her friend mm-hmm. unwillingly the moment she's Yeah, that's set another free. intense scene. She's like, twisting goodness. the knife into her. Yeah. yeah. And then she wakes up. She's like, oh my God, what have I done? Yeah. It's, I, I remember yeah, when I was sitting Melina. there watching that thinking like, this is one of those typical fight scenes. She's not going to end up stabbing her. She's in a miss miss. Somebody's going to get knocked out. And then she stabbed her. I was like, dang. Yeah. Then she started twisting the knife. Like, wow. I wasn't really expecting that. You know, those fight scenes where it's like nothing's really gonna happen. They're gonna act like they're fighting. Mm-hmm. Somebody's gonna get knocked out. Somebody's gonna run away. Nope. Straight up dead. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, oh, they went there. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, not did not want to these are like heroes that you do not want their lives at all. Because they have yeah. <laughs> probably the most tragic backstory of all these heroes, which, mm-hmm. yeah. But again, it's kind of a relief that these heroes aren't they're Well, they're not like brooding the whole movie. There's a lot of levity here. You know, there's a lot there. There's like they talk about a lot of it, a lot of this dark stuff. But there is a lot of like lightness. I mean, for like you and me to like still be able to enjoy the movie and not be bummed out the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a story that could definitely be told that way. It's it's a hard balance to strike. Oh yeah, if you they wanted it, they this could very much be a movie where we're just crying the whole movie, or like you know yeah. the characters are just upset the entire time. Which it's no. it it always has reminded me of that that movie with uh, Jennifer Lawrence, where she's like Red basically yeah she's basically the same version of this just renamed red sparrow yeah i've always widow i mean it's really the same thing i've always thought that when seeing this i was like let's sing that trailer for when that whenever that movie came out like black widow (laughs) yeah and it could very much be the exact same thing that that movie is and i'm pretty sure that's an r-rated movie it could easily be that way but uh you know they skip over a lot of things that (laughs) you know the areas in her life where stories could have been told they kind of just skip right over it and just say, yeah, you changed your life. <laughs> now you're an Avenger, but uh, you mm-hmm. got out. You know, that's kind of the way that whole period of her life is addressed. But uh, it's probably for the best to keep it a PG-13. But 
you know, in the R-rated alt universe, I think this could have been more of a Joker-esque movie that had a happy ending, but, you know, it could get real dark. I mean, absolutely. Everybody knows those Russian movies. It's just like deal with some serious stuff. Russian mafia. I mean, there's just all kinds of things that could have gone down. Yeah. Um, not to make like a left hand turn here, but like, uh, you know, I, I mentioned the fact that there were some elements that like left me feeling underwhelmed and I'm trying to like put my finger on what that is as we're reviewing this movie. And like, I think I've, I've kind of put, put my finger on it as, as we've like, as I've kind of noticed while we're talking about this, we usually like talk a lot about beat by beat and like, well, this part in the movie, oh my gosh, this part, this plot line or whatever. And, and like, when I'm thinking about it, nothing really like no there's no part of the movie that made a huge impression on me i just kind of get a general impression from Mm -hmm. the movie as a whole like in the characters and uh and that kind of thing the characters is what what makes the biggest impression on me honestly Mm -hmm. in this movie but as far as like how you like for instance think of a movie like iron man 2 oh it was really cool when he had the suitcase suit or whatever and he pulled that apart and you know winter soldier oh that highway fight when he was doing that like knife fight with winter soldier oh so cool there isn't really I don't think this movie has one of those, you know? The only thing I would say is the twists and turns at the end would be the only thing I would say were pretty notable. It was, that was pretty cool the way they did that with the masks and then the falling out of the ship as it crashed. That was, it's a lot of good stuff. <laughs> it did get me. I, I, I was kind of surprised in the theater, but like they were like, all that stuff got me. I was like, oh, I did not actually didn't see that coming. Okay. Yeah. You got me, movie. Yeah, like, I was thinking it was setting up some big rescue thing, but no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there's there's good stuff all throughout, but in like things that have me hooked and I'm like engaged. But yeah, there there wasn't like I don't know, like big moment to moment like moments action. I guess that was like making me go, yeah, oh my gosh, I can't wait to watch that scene again. You know, yeah. like there's cool, it's cool stuff. I mean, like when they're running away from you know taskmaster it's cool the escape from getting alexi out of the prison it's it's cool you know jumping from the floating fortress it's cool yeah i i just i love the whole thing where she had that whole interaction with him i think that was that was pretty impactful and then you yeah. didn't sever the nerve thing like i thought that was a that was a good line all good stuff 100 I, I agree it is all good stuff it's good it, like it establishes a villain in one scene which is hard to do like usually when movies do that huge fail terrible but this one because the writing and the the performer who's playing drake off is so dastardly you kind of get it all in one scene and it yeah. kind of does work that's impressive He's been built up a lot too before that so oh yeah they're, they're talking about him the whole movie where's drake off where is he where's the red room yeah. and, and so yeah that that's impressive to be able to pull that off in one interaction <laughs> which is a long interaction, but it's all done there. Yeah. Usually it's a terrible decision <laughs> to make, to just, <laughs> just reference your villain. And the only time you see him is at the end. It usually never yeah. works. It's always yeah. bad, but here that's that, true. It plays out in a way that actually is kind of effective. Yeah. You like meet the devil finally. And it's like, you see him <laughs> in all his evilness, you know, it's kind of how it actually plays out. I, I enjoyed this Mason character. He's kind of a side character in this yeah. movie. I think he could come back and play some good roles. He's basically the mm-hmm. smuggler that uh, Natasha uses. And 
yeah, he's he's got some funny lines in there. That's what I know him from. It's it's cool to have a guy that just <laughs> he's kind of the cue of James Bond. He yeah. just he's just gonna have stuff like show up, you know, just be like, you need a jet, you need a Quinjet. Okay, <laughs> here it is. Some, with enough time, I can get you whatever you want. You know, that's that's that. You, those are always some fun characters, and yeah. So that was a cool addition. Mm-hmm. Charming performance. Uh, I think this uh, director is probably really good at just directing these actors and just getting the best out of them. Is is because everyone's pretty good in this movie. I, I do mm-hmm. know that actor. I, I was like I, the is whole movie. Handmaid's I was like, Tale. Yeah, Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. I've given up on that show, but I've watched two seasons, and so yeah, I know this actor as being the main. I've never watched that show. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, he, he seems good. It's it's basically if this if this movie took the subject matter a hundred percent seriously, then we'd get the handmaid's tale basically. (laughs) So yeah. Um, Shoot. All right. So, I mean, we, I I feel like we've talked a lot about, I'm trying to think of anything else. I kind of want to mention about the movie. I think the tape, the table scene was a standout for me as far as like character stuff. I do. I appreciated all Mm -hmm. that stuff from like the characters. It was a pivotal moment for each character when the family kind of comes together in their opportunity for change. And I think, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, plays off really well. Um, that's one of those moments where like Yelena, like I really do connect when she's like really torn up by how yeah. like callous everyone is and, mm-hmm. and how almost like uh, Natasha steps in front of it and like says what she like kind of can't in the moment about how yeah. you're an idiot, you're a coward, you know, like that sort of thing. Yeah. It's a, that was a good scene. I thought it was pretty impactful. Definitely. I think uh, we, we needed that. At least that little bit of time. I, mean, I think it could have even used maybe a little bit more than they, they gave it. But we needed that yeah. to set up before we got into the finale, I think. And I think that kind of thing gave more impact to Melina and Alexi, you know, for, you know, maybe subsequent roles in other things, which will probably <laughs> be mm-hmm. centered around Yelena instead of Natasha. Um, so... Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what a whatever the new character's called. I guess they'll just call her Black Widow. <laughs> but uh yeah, whatever, you know, whatever Florence Pugh's character ends up being, it'll be interesting to see how they fit into that world and you know, if they stay with some origin with her, you know, do they kind of connect her back home to her quote unquote parents? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um or if they just kind of drop Alexi and Melina all together and don't mention them again. Cause I, I could kind of see both things happen. Yeah. You know, I think, I think I could see them bringing them back, but I, I, I could also see they just, you know, move on her as a new hero and just don't address that anymore. It's like, we took care of that black widow. We really don't need to talk about yeah. it. Anymore. But yeah, I think, I think, I think it would be a shame as well. I think there's some fun stuff there, especially, David Harbour, I just I, I want him more in movies. So absolutely, he's just he's got a funny way about him. He just he comes off as this just like dry dude, and then he like says stuff. It's just like it catches you off guard, and it's just great. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, you could use get some more humiliation because he's just getting humiliated the whole movie. I can imagine yeah. him getting humiliated next to Thor or even like Spider Man. He's just constantly getting <laughs> taken he's to very task. Much He's very not far off of his character from Stranger Things, though, yeah. you know. And 
you know, for me, that's totally fine. I love him in that character role. And you, you wonder with like Florence Pugh and David Harbour, they, they both have that kind of way of like just adding things into a scene to where it just like makes it more funny. And you wonder, like, I'd love to be a fly on the wall, you know, when the script is being read, you know, when they're practicing stuff, like how much change do they add? What do they suggest things that, cause they must, cause it's like Florence Pugh time and time again, her character has those things where it's like, Oh, that's great. She adds just a little bit of change to it to where it's like, that mm-hmm. doesn't sound like you read the script straight up. It sounds like you changed it a little bit. It just, you know, you only Absolutely. feel like those people, David Harbour or Florence Pugh, could do it in that way. And yes, so I just I, I would love to know what that process is like. It just it'd be interesting to me see a behind the scenes of, you know, that's how these these two actors, you know, formed their, their character own, yeah. and, and said, OK, well, what if I did it a little bit different here? What if I did a little mm-hmm. bit different here versus what the director's actual vision for that character would be? Because it's like you said, it, it, Yelena could very much have been that like mopey, you know, depressed, like brain fried like character. Yeah, who's just like been through so much more than Natasha was even through, just because she was younger, and you know that it would be honestly it would be very realistic if they had gone that way. That's that's the R-rated version. That's the Joker <laughs> version that we're talking about. And made tell of version. what this could <laughs> have been that it, you know didn't end up being. Um, I think for the best mm-hmm. but uh yeah it's it's just i yeah i went on that more than i wanted to but it's just it's fun to see actors do things that surprise you a little bit even if yeah. it's in a little way it's it's just yeah it, it endears you to that actor and it makes you enjoy the movie as a whole better exactly it makes you want to see what they do next and like oh they're in this mm-hmm. you stand to attention a little bit because you're excited to see what they're going to bring to that role like she did that in like little women like there's a character in little women that on paper is yeah uh, like obnoxious and uh, you can't stand the character but what she does to the character you end up liking her because like she's just there's something about she always brings something a little likable to her roles it's just i don't know i I, i'm praising the crap out of her and i probably will continue to but whatever um uh what what did you think about how the movie wrapped up as we wrap up this review um i think it was fine it just how excited would you be if you saw this after civil war how excited would you it's just what's coming it's tough i mean it's it's right back this is my biggest issue with this movie right here it's just yeah it's tough when it was released, you know, what, what they did with black widow, which I still just, I don't like, I just, I don't like it to be honest. And, you know, maybe Scarlet was a fueling force behind, you know, ending that character, but uh, I don't know. I didn't like the way it was ended. I have problems with the fact that the soul gem steals that person forever. And there's no coming back from that. I don't agree with it because they've already shown that somebody can come back from that. So that really frustrates me. Um, But uh, you know, I thought the movie ended fine as the movie itself. It's just the context of where it sits in the universe is what frustrates me the most. So Mm 
yeah i guess specifically to this movie it ended just fine i mean it ended the way a lot of marvel's movies do they wrap up most of the loose ends and then leave a little bit of things hanging out there for the future to get you excited to get you back in the theater in six months for the next movie Mm -hmm. to see you know if oh does that connect in with this and let's see are these characters going to meet up at the end at the end credit scene and stuff it's it's one of the things that makes marvel great but uh, absolutely yeah i think yeah, I think I think you're right. This is one of those things where it's like they did everything right, but at the same time they misstepped. You know, it sounds yeah. backwards, but it's like they made a great movie, but they didn't do it at the right time and it's a weird fit for where the universe sits right now. Like here we are like looking at Loki. Looking at what happened to Loki, you know, in the period after like Endgame, like kind of after like almost during Endgame, you know yeah. this weird like time traveling thing and you know then we're looking at wandavision and what happened to her after infinity war like we're looking at all these characters and all these stories in the tv show and with spider-man coming up we're going to be looking at well, what happened after all this stuff you know that's that's my assumption and then with dr strange with um the what is it the the multiverse, multiverse yeah multiverse of madness um i think we're going to be looking at like even further into the future and then yeah. we have this black widow movie it's like you said it feels like a product of a different time <laughs> that yeah that was released i don't know it just you can really feel even i think this would have been better if it had gotten released in early of last year i think it would have felt better it just Mm-hmm. It felt even weirder now being a year out and in the middle of these TV shows, which are telling very different story at a very different point of the universe. I mean, the, the TV yeah. shows, I think, fit pretty well together with the timeline. It's like these these things are actually happening in different points of the timeline, but they're all kind of in the Infinity War endgame error. And it's it fills in a lot of blank areas that I think could have used more fleshing out. You know, some of the stories I think are a little, nah, but for the most part, I think I'm having a lot of fun with them. So, yeah, yeah. it's cool here at the end where you you it's the only time you get that Marvel synergy that you're you're accustomed to, where it's like one hand yeah. shaking hand, one movie shaking hands with the other yeah. movie. You know, where you have Contessa showing up, where apparently this was supposed to be her first appearance because this was supposed to become before falcon winter soldier and so when you see her there you're like oh she's back and so but it's cool to say them lead into a show you know with this whole hawkeye thing at least that's what i anticipate you know leading into the hawkeye television show um or disney plus show i should say yeah how do you feel about her as a character Mm. yeah not sure yet. I mean, it, she's doing this. This she's doing the thing. <laughs> she's doing this thing, you know. That I, mm. I know this character. You know, she's is the eccentric kind of uh, New Yorker shadowy <laughs> character. Yeah, <laughs> I see this character a lot in animes. Uh, it's a very uh, it's a trope that I'm used to. A character that shows up, they have shady intentions, or very uh, just joking about, you know, doing their thing. Um, I don't know what they're up to. Personality. Yeah, to where, and, it, and it's like you find. I'm always kind of like on the fence about it because if they're always like this. They're doing shady stuff. They're being, you know, they're 
this big personality and then you find out their intentions all at the end you know it's like you don't know until like a long time and then you're like oh so that's what you were doing okay um and it's usually something that is a little underwhelming <laughs> and so i don't know i don't know yet to be determined yeah. i guess uh I, we'll see they're she's doing like a dark avengers kind of thing i mean i don't know if at the end of uh shang chi he'll be she'll be like hey mr abomination what you doing got plans tonight <laughs> While she's like eating popcorn or something. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I just, I personally just don't like her in this role, like as an actor. Yeah. I just, I don't know. It just doesn't, it doesn't fit very well for me. I, I think another actor might've filled it better for me personally, I guess. Yeah. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Quite possibly. There is something to me that does seem like, I don't know. I don't even know what to say. Like kitschy or just kind of like, I don't know, strange about it. I I, I know what you're saying. I think it's kind of her comedic style. It just, you know, I, and I've found her funny in some things. It just, I don't know. I think she's more of a comic actor than she is a serious actor. And it feels weird. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just feels mm-hmm. strange yeah and uh we're talking about like we joked a lot about this after the movie about how like what how this will lead into a hawkeye where you feel like this is a one conversation away from the entire conflict being over or whatever that this is the person responsible for your sister's death you know it's like no i'm not oh okay well what happened this oh yeah Okay. There's, there's no worse trope, especially to base uh, a movie around. It just, I mean, we'll see how it plays out. You know, Marvel time and time again has done things that we think they're going to do, and then they've, yeah, gone in a completely different direction with it. So we think it's going to be this awful thing that we're going to hate, <laughs> and then they'll, you know, turn it around or whatever. It, it really smells like the whole Harry Osborne kind of Spider-Man killed my father <laughs> kind of thing, oh, you know. <laughs> but oh man, hopefully not. That's just like a late '90s like way to like make a you know antagonist protagonist <laughs> thing <laughs> it's literally that i didn't kill your father he killed himself no <laughs> whatever yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy but either way excited for hawkeye regardless i hope that does not occur but well yeah <laughs> anyways uh you got anything else to say when we before we wrap this puppy up i don't think so i mean i think uh you know, I say, I don't think so. And then I have something to say. My bad. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I do. <laughs> um, I, I just, to, to just summarize, like I, I'm glad to see Marvel, Marvel movies back. I think he's, this is a good movie. This is a solid movie. I think, you know, despite, you know, part of it, I think is a forced error. Whereas, you know, they, they could only release when they could release. And I, I understand, you know, that's the limitation that you're f- faced with, but, uh, mm-hmm. You know, part of that I think is also their own fault. But uh, overall, you know, it doesn't take away from what the director did, which was make a solid movie that I think did a good job of telling the uh, Black Widow story. So I'm excited and I think it went really well. I think so far, just to kind of summarize, I think our summer movies are going pretty well. Like, yeah, we've had some good summer movies and the theaters are being more and more attended. Um, 
at least locally. And, you know, the numbers seem to be fleshing out pretty well for movies. It seems to be, honestly, it seems like we're climbing this ladder back to a, some semblance of normal, normal, let's see, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, that's exciting. I'm glad that theaters are surviving what was by far the biggest challenge that we've had in our lifetime. I mean, by far, probably got to be close to the biggest challenge theaters have seen maybe since World War II. I wasn't alive back then, but I'm sure that was a huge thing for I them remember. to stay alive. I remember it. <laughs> it's awful. Yeah, terrible, terrible thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm excited to see that. Absolutely. Um, people seem to be enthused to be in the theater. Yeah, the fullest we've seen. Um, but, yeah. We got a lot of stuff to coming up, honestly, as far as movies are concerned and uh, sh- that and shows, Marvel shows that we're going to be talking about. I mean, we're, we got, I think we might do like a, probably a joint kind of review next week. Maybe I know we have Loki and uh, space jam <laughs> new legacy uh, coming out. So there's a mm-hmm. lot of stuff to talk about. Um, looking forward to it. We only have one more episode of Loki. Is that right? Yeah, this uh, tomorrow uh, we're recording this on uh, Tuesday, and so yeah, tomorrow Wednesday is the last episode of the season. Yeah, or series. Cool. I don't know what they're gonna do. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anywho, yeah, we'll talk all about this this stuff <laughs> in the next coming weeks. We'll see you guys That's then. Right. We'll be there. Bye bye. See you. <laughs>